When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello everybody and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. We're back again with another one of these voicemail podcasts. Uh, this is week three. Uh, see your week three reactions, should I say, to all the things Aston Villa. And uh, I must say we've got some fantastic voicemails to go through today. Before we do go any further, I just want to let everybody know this is a pre-recorded podcast. While it will be going out on um, later on this evening, I did record this this morning. Um, just due to time constraints that I will have. So, uh, yeah, just want to let you know it is a pre-recorded podcast. But some of these uh, these voicemails are absolutely fantastic. And instead of me waffling on here, uh, let's bring up these voicemails. Because these voicemails cover all the things that we're speaking about as Aston Villa fans at this moment in time, specifically the SAR deal, Stephen Gerrard's tactics, you know, uh, kind of the, the frustrations that some Villa fans are feeling at the moment. So, Without further ado, let me bring up this and we will take a listen to some of your fantastic voicemails. For those of you that do not know, you can leave us a voicemail uh, on SpeakPipe. It's on speakpipe.com forward slash for the love of Paul McGrath pod. And you will be able to leave us a voicemail there. And here are some of the voicemails that we've already received. So just taking a look here. Let's go down to the very bottom here. Here's a voicemail from British Mick. Some of you guys who watch our live streams will know British Mick is uh, an ever-present down there. And it was great to great to put a voice to the name, uh, Mick. And uh, thanks so much for, for sending this in. So let's have a play and let's see what Mick had to say for himself. Hello, Neil. Hello, Paddy. Nice to finally speak to you, even though it is one way. Um, yeah, basically, what I want to do today is just speak about Ollie. Um, because I think Ollie should be in the team, no doubt about it. Okay, I his creativity off the ball, his movement, his footballing brain and his attributes and what they bring to the team is he needs to be in the team. But currently we play him as a striker, which he is not, in my opinion anyway. Um, I don't think he should ever have been moved off the wing by Dean Smith in the first place because I don't think that's his strongest suit as a striker because I don't think he's going to be that player that we need him to be. Um, that being said, like I said, I do want him in the team. His work off the ball is second to none. His effort, his footballing brain, his creativity and his assisting is absolutely perfect, which are all attributes that he's taken from his original role. Now, I think we should put him back there. And we play Danny Ings as a lone striker with Bendia on the other side. The reason, what, the reason why I say Bendia is because I just think Coutinho is an absolute big name that is there purely on his name alone. Um, I know there's quality there. There is. He does have great games, but he's not doing it week in, week out. When Deer, when he comes on, makes an instant difference. His effort is second to none. So, yeah, why not play Watkins in his original position with Buendia behind Danny Ings as a lone striker? Anyway, much love to you all, guys. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. 
I think there's uh, there's merit towards that. And I think at times last season we did play Watkins out there. But once again, it's all about um, you know, getting teams to gel and play and getting them back into that position, giving them time to play out there, getting time giving them time to play play there with Danny Ings uh being that spearhead at the top as well. You know, it takes partnerships, it takes gel, it, it takes players time to gel and when we're consistently moving around this forward line, we're not getting that that crispness that we would expect from a forward line, you know, you just have to look at the at the forward line that Spurs have. You know, Kulazewski, Son, Kane. It was easy to bring in Kulazewski there and put him on the right hand side of that because Son and Kane knew each other telepathically. Kulazewski could could work that channel on his own. Villa haven't got those partnerships in that strike in the striking department because we're currently always searching for results as opposed to searching for settled uh, a settled nature within the team and that comes because we also have no settled nature within our, our uh, back four and within our midfield albeit our midfield is probably the most settled area we've got Kamara in there now and it's it's just the most overrun part of the team. So there's always going to be fingers pointed at it there. So I think throughout all the lines that, that we we're our our partnerships or our sympathetic that players would have between each other, I think is leaving a lot to be desired at the moment. And uh there's only one man that can sort that. And I think that's really going to be Steven Gerrard uh as as I say, like trying to find a settled team, but also trying to find results is tough and he just hasn't been able to to um to fall on something yet like other managers have been able to do and hopefully that changes sooner rather than later because um you know fans are at the moment and also the uh the, the results aren't really going our way but thanks so much mick thanks for sending that in really appreciate it the next one is from john john Steele. okay i know that this is going to be a really unpopular opinion um and i'm shooting from the hip here i love the signings that Gerard has made for the club. I, I understand that without his influence, we wouldn't have signed the likes of Camara, Carlos, and Coutinho. My heart breaks for Coutinho, or for Carlos. Um, I think Camara will be a world beater, and I think Coutinho could be a Cantona-esque in- influence on the Villa team if we get a manager that can get the best out of him. That manager is not Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard is a great demeanour, and if he was playing the part of a manager in a movie, he'd do it really well. Unfortunately, the man is a spoofer, and I'm basing that on the evidence presented since he came in. You only have to look at the, the win against Everton. I'm delighted we got the win against one of the worst teams in the Premier League. And I know conditions played their part, but his substitutions at the end of that game nearly cost us two points that we can't afford to drop, even at this point in the season. I don't think we're in any danger of going down but Tottenham Hotspur would not be where they are today had it not been for Pochettino, who's available at the moment. Say, so give him time all you like. You don't get time in the Premier League with the amount of money coming into some of the clubs these days. Um, it won't happen, but I would love if we signed, if we appointed Pochettino and got rid of Gerard. Bye. Yeah, I think I, you know, there's that that is that is the sentiment I think out there within the fan base, and it would be remiss. Uh, not to discuss it, you know, the fact that um, 
the fact that questions are, are being asked about in in game tactics, about how to manage a game within. I know Paddy mentioned it in the podcast previously, so yeah, it's definitely something that uh, that I suppose that we can bring up. We can talk about um, within the podcast itself. Whether somebody like a Pochettino would come to Aston Villa, I think it's worth a shot. You know, you never you never know what's going to happen unless you you go out and you you look for these people. Whether the club want to give uh, Stephen Gerrard time is up to the club. I think Ashley Priest said today that he's not going to be going anywhere. Um, but I, I I don't know. I saw a screenshot. It could have been heavily doctored. I don't know um, whether it was or not. But uh, yeah, it's 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 one of these things that, as I said, results are going to need to change. But also the image of how the team is presenting itself and how we're playing on the field is also going to need to change because at the moment we're in a perpetual cycle of doing same old silly mistakes on the field. And getting the odd good result, but also going on long runs of losses uh, without getting any points. So that is something that has to change. And one person has the opportunity to do that by his tactical calls, his substitutions, who starts and whatever else, and who he brings in over the next uh, nine days within the transfer window. So let's, uh, uh, I suppose, let, let, let's see what happens there. Um, but as you said there, I don't think it would happen whereby Pochettino would come in and Gerard would be sending his... Uh, and that he's marching orders just yet. I don't think so. Uh, David Jacobs is next. Hi, guys. Really love the show. Um, it was great to meet Paddy outside the stadium at, at Villa Park last week as well. Um, the reason I'm leaving this message is, and it's got nothing to do with the handball today, but Dean, before we before we signed him, I've always said, he, he doesn't know how to defend. He can't defend. First and foremost... As a defender, you need to be able to defend. Yes, he's great going forward, gets assists, etc. But as a defender, target is a better is a better defender, um, and that for me is a massive issue. I don't think we'll ever be solid at the back with him there, uh, and I'm a bit concerned because it feels like we've wasted 24 million on on a left back, and I would have gone for someone um, more defensively minded at the back but um yeah it'd be really good to get to know your thoughts on that cheers guys um i th- i think you've you've made some really valid points there um i think the fact that Luca Dean looks so bad in defense is because he's so far in attack all the time if that makes sense and it's something we've spoken about an awful lot in the in this uh on this podcast um and what i suppose i say that he looks so bad in defense is that it, it's not even that he looks bad it's just that he's just got too much work to do too much work to do out there. Uh, the more I see Jacob Ramsey this year, he's he's pick, taking up different positions where he's not really even playing in that shield position where we were seeing last year, where when Lico Dean went forward, Jacob Ramsey was was uh, coming fully out onto the left-hand side. We're seeing that we're clogging up those areas there, and it, I don't know whether it's miscommunication between, uh, like against Crystal Palace, I don't know whether it's miscommunication between Alexa Bundia or Ramsey about who is co- covering that area, but the two of them seem to be taking up the same space while Dean powered forward and I think that that's really the crux of our matter like a lot of the problems with this team comes from the fact that we defend with two and we attack with eight and that is bonkers in anyone's book and it needs uh, for me I would like to see a spell whereby our fullbacks um, didn't go so far forward I've probably been saying it for since Steven Gerrard came in in October last season well probably even since Christmas I think I've, I've definitely been saying it and uh, we just haven't seen it. We've seen this attitude where the fullbacks are given full carte blanche to get to the end line and cross the ball in, and that's okay if it's if if it's 
if you're scoring more teams, more goals than the other team, that's okay. But we're not. You know, we're not even being as creative we were as we used to be anymore because it's it's as predictable as anything that we're going to just feed the ball out to our fullbacks and uh, and and allow them to to be our ball carriers and to be the people who give us width. And until we become uh, as become less predictable in that area, I think that it's just going to be an area of frustration for all of us for sure. Um. I'm going to leave these two for a while. And the reason being is I've listened to them already, but I, I will leave them for a while. I'm going to play them last. I'm going to come on to Phil Sargent's who in here now. All right, guys. Uh, firstly, I just want to say love the pod. Uh, really enjoy it. Really Thank helps me commute to work to make it bearable. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, get on to the Villa. Um, it's obviously a very frustrating fan base. Frustrated fan base at the moment. Um, I do get the downside and the negativity, 100%. I do think we need to be coached better by Gerard and Critchley and Co. I think we do look out coached all the time. Um, I did send a voice note like this for the Bournemouth game and mentioned the fact that you could tell that Scott Parker had done his homework on Villa mm-hmm. and that Gerard hadn't done his homework on Bournemouth. It was just evident because um, we dominated the ball, but we just didn't know how to break them down. And evidently, they, they clearly had, had saw a weakness on set pieces. So, and again, I think that was for, that came to fruition in the Palace game. I think they knew to double up down Konza's side, Konza and Cash's side with Eze and Zaha and the rest is history. So it's just something that I don't think Gerard and Co do. Don't really ever feel like we work out a weak spot on the other team and exploit it. Um, but yeah, I also just think that um, the fan base though is being a bit negative because at the end of the day. Leicester and West Ham are struggling just as much as we are, in my opinion. And yet, it seems to me that we're all saying that it's a guaranteed loss against them too, and it might not necessarily be. Cheers, guys. All the best. Yeah, look, I, I think that there is a bit of a topsy-turvy nature to the start of this, this season so far. Teams that would have been expected to come out of the traps haven't come out of the traps. There's some established, very established teams down at the bottom of the league or near the bottom of the league for sure. Uh, West Ham at the weekend is going to be just one of those games. I saw Dan Bartell had a tweet where he said, West Ham have not have no points, they have no wins, they have no goals scored, and then they're going to be playing Aston Villa at the weekend. So here we go. You know, we, we're just that team that when somebody is down and they're look, they just love to play us. They come looking for us. Um, so hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we continue to to mire them in their bad run and we can profit off uh, off the fact that they've not hit the ground running either this season. But um, until then, as I say, until until we see something like that over the weekend, it's um, it's going to be cause, it's going to be a slight cause for concern. But I think that we shouldn't be as down on the West Ham game um, as, you know, as, as, as well, I, I won't be as down on, on our prospects for the West Ham game. Anyone could be whatever the way they want, you know, because the evidence probably suggests that we don't have the coherency to beat a team that's very coherent like West Ham. But uh, West Ham are struggling for goals, as I say, and and uh, we're struggling to stop teams scoring goals. So uh, it's going to be one of those ones that you probably watch from behind the couch, I think, and, and fingers crossed and hope for a result um, for sure. Um, we have one here from Stefan. Hi, yeah. I uh, just wanted to give a moment to give my condolences and... Um heartfelt apologies to all the Villa fans this weekend, last weekend, who were forced to watch 90 minutes of something that should have, could have been solved at least almost a half a, half a year or a full year ago. It's all this whole thing about fullbacks bombing, like as if the fullback is the quarterback now. 
But unfortunately, this is football, not American football. So, um, Steve, just, just stop it. Just stop it. Just um, go go to the four two three one, please. We're dying for it, and I don't think we need this really, because every time I've watched, we've always had the middle of the park more open than a field of grass or horse to play on. So, don't know where you're playing at, and um. Yeah, I'm not really into the Stevie Out crew just yet, but I have been skeptical about his appointment since he's been in charge. So this year, this Perslow game will end up exploding all over the owners' faces or actually come about. I'm willing to give him time, but he needs to change his tactics up. Just fed up, really fed up. I can empathize with that as well. Tactical changes for me, I think, are more are, are more of a must than just trying to rotate players in and out and in and out and in and out, hoping that you fall upon something. Um, I think we've got good enough players regardless of who he starts. It's about really kind of solidifying and 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 making the making the tactics fit. I think really where we are at the moment. Yeah, do I want additions? Of course I do. I think I've said it before that it's a it's but cutting off your nose to spite your face if you don't make additions to the team. And I am I'm more than confident that we will have um at least a center half i think we will have another central midfielder come in may not be a massive name that everybody's looking for may not even be um you know somebody that the people know an awful lot about but i think we'll get somebody in there that maybe fits our style of play what do i have that to, to base that on absolutely nothing other than the fact that i just there's no way we can go through the rest of the season with the exact same midfield options plus camara than we did last year because all our players, all our midfielders are so samey. You know, they all play the same way, and bar, bar maybe Jacob Ramsey. And uh, I just think we need something a bit different in there. We need somebody with a bit more um, composure. I think that, that would come in there. And if we do get somebody like that, then we could be in a situation where we could play two sixes at times and play the four-two-three-one formation that some people have been calling for, me included. So um, I think it's very important that we sort out that centre, the centre of defence, and that we sort out the centre of the park as well. Ishmael Asar would be an absolute uh, cherry on top. Maybe they resurrect that between now and then, but it doesn't look look uh, too great. I think we've got one or two voicemails on that, so I'm not going to go into the Asar, Asar piece uh, too much. But uh, Stefan, thank you so much for your voicemail. I really appreciate it, and thanks William, for listening to the show. Another stalwart, Mark Brannigan, is here as well. Uh, let's see what Mark has to say. Hi, Nile and Paddy. Just want to say, job very well done, lads, on, on the podcast. Probably my number one go-to Villa podcast, so brilliant work. Keep it up. Thank you very much. Just wanted to say, in relation to the performances so far, it looks to me, Gerard spoke about during summer and last season about wanting to get players to take on a lot of information about how he wants to play. But it looks to me like he's probably overcomplicated things the information and made it more uh, too confusing for the players. I think he just needs to simplify his instructions, particularly around the area of defensive setup. When we're on the attack, when we have the ball and we're on the attack, it seems like we're getting overrun far too easily when the opposition are on the break. On a positive point, though, I just wanted to say, I think for the first time in a long time watching the squad, we have all the players are working hard on the pitch for each other. I don't think there's anyone out there you could say isn't trying or isn't kind of doing their best, which I think gives me some kind of optimism and hope for the future. Now, whether that's with Gerard 
or if by the end of the season or next season we end up with a new manager, we've got a good squad of players there who are willing to try and willing to work. Anyway, that's me finished. Once again, just want to say, well done on the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks, lads. And thank you very much, Mac, for those kind words. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm actually going to talk just about what you said there at the end, and I think that's potentially an overlooked part, that the players don't look like they've down tools whatsoever. Um, yes, some of them put in subpar performances, but they're try- they do look like they're, they're giving the effort, or they're giving some sort of effort on the field. When I say some sort of effort, I mean, yes, they might be doing the wrong things, but at least they're doing it willingly um, You know, on the field. We don't see any petulance really with arms being thrown in the air we're not seeing any any bickering on the field we're not much of it anyway not that i've seen somebody might be able to to correct me on that and i think that squad unity is really something that well first of all i think squad unity is the bare minimum that a manager should be able to bring to bring to a team but um you know we're we hear an awful lot of things from potentially went on behind the scenes but the players are sticking together and the players are playing playing well. Now, Gerard did say in his uh, post-match after the Crystal Palace game that they didn't play for each other enough. Um, wasn't a big fan of that comment because uh, I think that they that, that they tried to play to to the system that he implemented with our fullbacks so high, specifically Matty Cash. And, you know, we got our just desserts with regards to that. And yes, I keep on saying this, we could have come away from that game with a two-all draw. It would have by no means... Um, been something that we should have expected or we would have come away from it with a smash and grab and that's fine but um and i can see some of the things that jared is trying to do but it's it's some of the good things that he's doing are being outweighed by some of the some of the other things that you see specifically with the fullback positioning which is just cannon fodder and it's just uh taking candy from a baby you know for other teams who just plank plunk their players out in that left wing and then you know, see if we can do anything to defend it. So, uh, once again, as I say, that is a good point. The players look to be giving their all for each other, and uh, they do look look like they're professionals, um, which is something that you know, in other in other times, we may not have seen that. We may have seen a small bit of dissension, you know, on the on the pitch, and potentially maybe that might be reasons why some players have been moved into the so called bomb squad, um, is because they weren't. Uh, they were at risk of not of maybe harming that squad unity. I don't know. I don't know. That's conjecture, and I do not know. But thanks, a million, Mark, once again for your for your voicemail. I really appreciate it. We have a voicemail from Joe, from Joe Joe Chami. I'm going to say is how you pronounce it. Um, I'm not quite sure, but thanks very much, Joe, for sending us a voicemail. Oh no, Joe's voicemail doesn't seem to want to work. Hi. Wait a minute. Let's see when we get Joe's to work. Move it on a bit. What we'll do is we'll come back to Joe's in a moment. For some strange reason, it doesn't seem to want to work. I've listened to it already. It is a very good voicemail. So let's see um, if we can come back to it later and it does work. Hmm. Interesting. Now Simon's voicemail is causing, is coming a cropper as well. Let's go back here and see if after a quick little refresh, Joe's works. Here we go. I know. Uh, top, top show. Cheers for putting out all the content. Uh, Thanks, the first thing I'd like to say, because it, it really is top content. Um, probably the, the, the main thing is, obviously, the SAR deal being pulled. Uh, you know, we've pulled out the SAR deal, and I'm, I'm not too sure. It sounds like Gerard is the one, maybe, who's pulled pulled the plug on it. Um, seems to be a bit of a disconnect from Gerard to the recruitment 
uh, teams such as such as Johan Langer. That's never good when that happens because it means that the club is always going to be fighting in in many different corners on who to sign, and there's going to be disagreements, and that obviously translates eventually to the dressing room, the pitch. Whether that's a reason for why the players look disconnected on the field, I don't know, but um, I'd want to get your views on that, and also whether you think Saar would have improved the team anyway. I think he would have done, especially if we were to play four two three one and have Bailey and Saar on the wings and one of Coutinho and Buendia on a rotation as as the ten and put a solid CDM uh, with Kamara, preferably a ball playing one. I mean, I think Louise would do the job there. I think that would have been much better, but I, I can't see Gerard changing his tactics and that worries me because he doesn't seem to be adaptable. Honestly, the harmony in the squad and, and, and on Twitter, I know you shouldn't really read too much into Twitter. It seems a bit off at the moment, so I'm a little bit worried. Um, but hopefully we can we can beat West Ham this weekend, although we never tend to beat West Ham, so I'm a bit worried about that one. Yeah, fingers crossed we do beat West Ham, as you say, um, over the weekend. Uh, on the Sar deal, specifically with the Sar deal, and, and I think more and more has come to light that it was just a case that Stephen Gerrard spoke to the player and decided that maybe you know he wasn't going to be able to work with him or that he uh, there was something something came up in the conversation that, that, that didn't quite fit well with him. And... Well, I would have liked Ishmael Asar. I think, uh, like you, I would. I, I see where he would have fitted into this team. He would have given us a a, a lot of tactical fluidity. I think to play four two three one, uh, even with the players that we have. But at the end of the day, I think I would stand up for a manager. And, and look, I, I don't know whether it's the Langer with the Stephen Jared piece. I think that might have been overblown. I don't know though. Obviously, uh, I don't know. But if a manager doesn't want a player, the manager shouldn't be forced to have a player. And I think in this instance that, look, if the club wanted to press ahead with it anyway, they would have pressed ahead with signing him. So uh, for me, if it was the fact that Stephen Gerrard had a word with him um, and sat down and interviewed him for want of a better word and just felt that maybe there wasn't uh, there was something there that he, he you know, didn't sit right with him. I think uh, we won't be the first and we won't be the last team that that would happen to. Um, I would have loved him to be here. Maybe it does get resurrected. I don't know. But there's a lot of conjecture at the moment with regards to the transfer. And it's getting a lot of scrutiny because of the way it broke, I suppose, in the aftermath of a very bad defeat. And now everybody wants to know every detail, which is absolutely fine. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of grey areas where there's one story fills that gap and then another story fills that gap. And then before you know it, you've got three or four different stories about what happened. And and, and we may never know what, what actually happened in that situation. But... Um, yeah, like as I say, there's nine more days left in the transfer window, and 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 who knows? Maybe we might see somebody else come in, in that position. But it is an interesting one, and I will be, um, I will be uh, keeping an eye on, I suppose, really, to with regards to the aftermath of the Sar deal, because you know there is a lot of things coming out, and if I suppose if even fifty percent of it is true, well, then it's not nice reading, I suppose, for a great club. Simon is next. Thanks so much, Joe. Thank you very much. And it was worth refreshing my screen so that I could listen to the, listen to your uh, voicemail again. Simon Watton is next. All right, fellas. Just a quick one from me. Absolutely love the podcast. Avid listener. But what I'm not a fan of is Gerard's tactics. It doesn't work. He's got Luca Dean playing as a left winger, which he isn't. And McGinn's ending up playing as a right back most of the time. It's just not on. It's so incoherent it's not doesn't work and it needs fixing sharpish because otherwise we're going to be the laughing stock 
you see on the heat maps where everyone ends up, the tactics are so far wrong. It's unbelievable. We need a couple more signings, definitely a centre-back, probably a centre-mid. And the whole Saar debacle, well, don't even get me started on that one. Anyway, good work. Keep it up. Thanks very much, Simon. I think a lot of the stuff that you said in your in your uh, voicemail, I think we've covered already. I agree with a lot of those points. And I think we've covered them as well. And as for the Saturday battle, I suppose once the once the dust clears on that, I hope hopefully we do get a a clearer vision or a clearer view of what what uh, what actually happened uh, with regards to that. But thanks so much for always listening. Thanks for sending in another voicemail. Really appreciate it. Um, and and uh, yeah, as I say, you've been a good follower of the show. So thank you so much. On Bradley is next. Hi, Neil and Paddy. I hope you are well and hanging in there. Um, I guess my question is, is it time for Villa to go back to basics? To abandon this um, style of play that Jared has been insisting on um, with high fullbacks attacking with their fullbacks? Um, it's not working. We're clearly vulnerable at the back, conceding far too many goals and far too many chances. Um so it's a time now just to revert to being hard to beat. Hard to beat, well organised, and just build from there. So yeah, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Just where, what formation should we go with? I would prefer a four-two-three-one defensive sort of shape. And really, none of this gung-ho kind of attack and play at the moment in time, because it's clearly not working. And I believe that just with that formation and the players we have, we will create chances anyway, but it has to be built on solid foundations. Um, solid foundations, well-organised, hard-working. Yeah, so I'd like to get your and Patty thoughts on that. Is that something we should be should be entertaining? Thanks again, guys. Love the show. Come on, Owen. Thank you so much for your voicemail. I agree 100%. Anybody who's watched this podcast for quite a while hears me use the phrase I don't like to use the must win phrase it's the must not lose uh, types of games um, is something that I'm a big fan of uh, like going away to Crystal Palace going away to Bournemouth are games whereby you suck up your pride and if you've got to play four goalkeepers you play four goalkeepers and you come away with a nil all draw and you feel good about you know having three games we've won our game at home or defeated away yeah you can go and you can be gung-ho but I think you know, from from here on in, that should be our our uh, philosophy. Under Dean Smith, we did it, and we weren't too proud to do it then. We defended like absolute demons right in the edge of our box, and there was sometimes we caught teams with with late goals, like the Ross Barkley's goal against Leicester against Arsenal. We defended like mad after Ali Watkins scored. I think after what ninety seconds, where's that Aston Villa gone? That Aston Villa that was who were gritty and hard to beat. I don't know where they're gone to, but they have to be there somewhere because the majority of those players who played in that game are still playing for the club. So, well, when I say the majority of those players, definitely the the, the majority of the of, of the defensive core are still playing for the club. And and I think that we've probably upgraded in, in somebody like a Kamara and we've upgraded in our attacking talents, which should offer us a better a better counter-attacking ability um, if we were to go back to those uh, basics, as you call it. So I would be a big fan of that. I don't, I'm, I'm not too proud to admit a nil-all draw away to Bournemouth and a nil-all draw away to, to Crystal Palace. Are, would be two good points um, and as we saw last year drawing games, so drawing some games that we lost would have put us in a higher position and we would be all feeling better about ourselves from last year as well so there's definitely merit in it as well. James Hill is next good to see you James 
Hi guys, love the podcast, absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm wondering if the SAR deal might have been a backup to somebody else that we're potentially linked with. I'm wondering if we've gone after a couple of different players and put bids in and stuff to see with the time frame that's left, if we can uh, pick up one of them and maybe that the reason the medical has never been booked or anything with SAR is because we got further down the line with the another player. Hopefully it might mean a change of system so that we can get more men in midfield. I know we're technically playing with five men in midfield, but there's nobody actually in midfield. Um, I don't know why that wouldn't have happened sooner. Surely, I mean, he tried it out in pre-season, as Neil mentioned the other day. Why wouldn't he not introduce that sooner if he's seen a problem that we can all see? Why not just resolve that issue? I don't know. That's good. That, that could be a point with regards to the SAR deal. Um, it's not being reported at the moment, but then again, a benign reason for that to say that Aston Villa have just shifted targets, I don't think would have got as many eyes on, on, on a tweet or on a headline like that. Um, but I, it would be nice if that was the case, and I suppose time will tell with nine days left in the in the transfer window if we were to bring in somebody um, of similar or even better ilk than, than an Ishmael Asar. Uh, but that is an interesting one. Have we just shifted target? It's not been reported anywhere yet. Um, but uh, as I say, this SAR business is going to rumble on and uh, people are going to want answers on it. Um, and people are going to want answers, I suppose, pretty sharpish because the transfer window is still open. So some really interesting points there, James. David Miller. I'm not going to comment on the current situation, transfer sagas with SAR and whatnot. Just want to focus on... What's happening with the team currently? The there just seems to be such chaos when we're defending. We don't seem to be able to hear lines. Other teams are getting the ball comfortably in the box. Current system, the two eights are meant to kind of press and force the opposition out wide. The press is so weak. There's no blood and guts in this team, and it seems like there's no fight. There's no desire, and whatever the system is going to be the same outcome. What I do think. Perhaps, having said that, going to a double pivot with uh, Dougie and Kamara as two sixes, two ball-playing potential uh, deep-line playmakers can really find a pass with Wendia in the 10. And you have the option of maybe two wingers, um, two wider forwards, Coutinho Bailey, or maybe two up top Ings and Watkins. Um could potentially provide something different so that the tens of the wide forwards could track down the flanks as they kind of used to do under Dean Smith. I just think they need to do need to do something different. Seems like maybe this is more Neil Critchley's system at Blackpool, so hopefully we can see some changes up the villa. Um that's an interesting one, as I say, about the Critchley piece at the end. I agree with what you said at, at the start. We've kind of covered some of those some of those pieces, you know, about going back to a four two three one, about making sure that our um that our fullbacks are a bit more disciplined. But with regards to the Critchley piece, uh we were kind of still seeing this formation last year, we were still seeing it in in preseason when Neil Critchley wasn't there. Uh so it's an interesting one you bring up if we haven't changed our system in the slightest and then you know was there really a need to bring in Neil Critchley or what's the situation there or maybe we just hadn't had a chance to stamp his his uh put his stamp on the team but it's um it's a really interesting one that you bring up there as well um 
Okay, I passed out two there a moment ago, and I want to get back to these. And we're going to finish up on this uh, on these two guys because I think these are, are, are our last two. Um, and I hope these bring a bit of levity to the situation. But uh, whoever sent these two in, please contact me via DM. Please, please, please contact me via DM. I don't know who it is, but uh, please do it uh, because I'd love to chat to you. Here goes nothing. Eh, I think we did okay. We got the goal early, you know. That's what I was looking for. And I thought, okay, we've got a goal now. So now it's all out of sack, away from home. And I had Critchley in my ear saying, no, no, no. Stay, stay as we are. You know, push, sit back a bit. We've got a goal. And I was like, I'm the manager here, mate. Okay, not you, Critchley. So I said, okay, go for the jugular, which is what we did, mate. You know, we, we did okay. Okay, it might have cost us two more goals. And we did lose 3-1. But that's all on Critchley and the players. That's not me. But, you know, the fact we lost this on me, to be to be honest, mate, you know, we, we, we should have done better. You know, we, we know how to play football, but that wasn't great. wasn't great at all. And I'm not happy with that. But, you know, moving forwards, I'll, I'll, I'll go home tonight and I'll, I'll spin the bottle and I'll see whoever the, it lands on. And if, you know, if it lands on Buendia, I'll play him. If I do spin the bottle and it lands on Coutinho, then... That's that's who it lands on, you know. I've got no say over the lap of the gods, you know. So it's all it all depends on what that bottle spins on. But I'm I'm doing exactly what I did at the Rangers, and to be honest with you, you know, it worked most of the time there. So I don't know why it's changed here. But I'll put all that money in the bag. I'll get it a good shake, and hopefully, uh, eventually, I'll turn to gold. That's all we can hope for anyway. But uh, yes, yeah, all on me and the players and Critchley. As I say, sometimes you just have a, have a little bit of a laugh, uh, you know, at, at times like this. And uh, there's the second part to that, uh, to that voicemail too. Hey, sorry, I'll cut off there, Neil. One more thing I wanted to say was about the way that I've been unfairly treated about not playing Danny Ings in the Crystal Palace game after having a really great game the game before and scoring a crack and goal. Uh, basically, there's reasons for that. Okay, the very, very complicated reasons that you don't see as football fans, okay? Uh, There's a strategy here, okay? I don't want to give too much away, but it involves a hat and names going into that hat. And if your name doesn't come back out of that hat, you don't get in the team. It's as simple as that. We tried to spin the bottle, mate, but it doesn't work because the bottle keeps falling off. Now, you know, this... This way of working worked for me at Rangers, mate. So I don't understand why I get such negativity. We will get there. It will happen. I'm Stevie G. Trust in me. <laughs> I think that's a bit of an apt way to finish the podcast here, specifically with voicemails. That is a really good impression. It's a bit of levity. It's a bit of crack. It's a bit of fun, uh, you know, specifically when we're, uh, when we're all feeling a bit down. I hope that has brightened up somebody's day. Um, but really good impression there and a spot a bit of comedy, I suppose, then the podcast. You could imagine when I listened to that, when I was going through the voicemails, I absolutely burst myself laughing uh, just because I wasn't expecting it. So fair play to whoever that man is. It's actually a pretty good Scouse accent. And, uh, you know, it's uh, there's some really good content in that. I, I, I And I appreciate you for leaving it in there. Guys. That is going to do it for us today. Um, voicemails will continue to be open. We'll be back again uh, next Monday night with another uh, voicemail podcast. I know I initially said it was going to be Tuesdays. Mondays are probably going to be the day that we're going to do it. I just have um, 
I have quite a lot on over the next weeks, coming weeks. There will be a reduction in the amount of podcasts probably after the transfer window is closed, uh, just because I've got so much going on at the moment outside of uh, outside of everything here. Uh, but continue to get the voicemails in. I really appreciate them, and there's some really really great great uh, takes, and there's some really great opinions in there. And I appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to do that, uh, do that for us because it is great to chat to you and great to hear these nuanced questions. And long may it continue. So. Thanks so much, everybody, for your time today. Thanks so much for your time, as always. Really appreciate everything you do for the podcast. We do have a uh, giveaway going on at the moment. You'll see it on our Twitter page. It is in conjunction with at Addicted to Villa, who is the who is Fintan Hand. We're giving away a football jersey, a Villa jersey. That will be given away on Sunday, the 28th of August. So go there. All you got to do is retweet it, like my, or follow myself and follow uh, Fintan's at Addicted to Villa. And that's all you got to do to be involved. Uh, with with the giveaway so check that out if you do want to win a shirt hopefully it brightens someone's day and it lightens the mood again that's what we want to try and do over the next few weeks thanks so much that's going to do for today and all that's left to say is up the villa sports social podcast network